Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, dragging the Toronto Raptors 120-102 win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, this is exactly the game I want to see the Toronto Raptors play tonight. The, they're at home, they, they just went into a grueling double overtime win in uh, Game 3, and they really need to just get a momentum builder as we head back on the road to Milwaukee in Game 5, and that's exactly what the Toronto Raptors did. But before we get into anything, uh, and Riker, this is a solo pod, Riker's also without Wi-Fi tonight, so I think he'll be back soon, but yeah, the, before we get into it, the comment of the day, A, it's going to Jamil, and to, he said in the last game that you gotta love the heart from Norman Powell as he was on the bench with tears in his eyes, because Norman Powell has been all out balling for the Toronto Raptors, and that will we'll transition straight into the first topic about this game, the main storyline, and it's the bench mob is back. The Toronto Raptors bench mob, it's disappeared for most of this playoffs, and tonight they made a full out return. We've seen some players have some solid games, but obviously going into the postseason, we knew Nick Nurse would be running a three men off the bench, maximum three, you know, we'd run an eight man rotation. Maybe if OG's back, we'd creep into the nine people range, but, you know, our three guys that came off the bench tonight all played phenomenal, and that goes to Norman Powell. To Fred Van Vliet, who's had an awful playoffs, and Serge Ibaka. Three of them really stepped it up, and the first guy we'll talk about is Norman Powell. He led the team in plus-minus, was a plus-29. These three guys were plus-29, plus-24, and plus-25 for this game. You know, all played great, but Norman Powell didn't have the greatest efficiency night. You know, he didn't have the greatest shooting from the field, shooting percentages, but he had 18 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 of 18 from the field, but the thing about Norman Powell in these games against the Milwaukee Bucks is he's confident. He's shooting the with so much fluidity whether it goes in or not it doesn't feel like he's missing a lot of shots because he's going back he's taking them he's not hesitating you know how many times has norman powell taken 18 shots this season I think I'd be able to count it on one hand, right? Norman Powell, when he misses his first couple shots, he completely t- gets inside his own head and takes himself out of the game. But in this series, you know, he started off this game, missed a, missed a few open ones, missed the ones he's been hitting the past couple games, and did not let him slow him down. He was still attacking, still going to the rim, still taking those open threes with confidence. And that's why he's playing so good. That's why he was such a plus for this Toronto Raptors team. And not only him, the guy that's been bagged on left, right, and center, not, o- not only by the fans, but by also us, you know, I- I've never lost faith in Fred Van Vliet's ability, but the fact he was looking so unconfident, just that paired with his smaller size, he was a complete liability on the basketball court. But tonight, as Reggie Miller said in the last game, Fred Van Vliet is due for a big game, and he had that tonight. 13 points for Fred, 6 assists, 5 of 6 from the field, 3 of 3 from the 3-point line. He even banked one in and went all over the rim. It's you know, it's really awesome to see Fred Van Vliet playing, you know, with, with the, some shots going in. I Because the thing about Fred is he never plays without confidence. It's not the Norman Powell effect. But sometimes the shots aren't going in, especially in these playoffs. The shots haven't been dropping because he's just been... He's going up against a very long players and his... His style doesn't really suit that game when the threes aren't going in. You know, he can still be a very productive player when he makes his open shots because he, when he, when he's confident, when he's kind of in the rhythm of the game, he can get a lot of assists. And we saw that tonight, right? He had six assists. Fred Van Vliet's a quality playmaker, but when his shot is going, right? Because when his shot isn't going, he kind of looks to get that going first before he gets his other teammates going, which is kind of an unfortunate thing when he's playing bad, but it's, <laughs> he makes him one of the best backup point guards in the league when he's playing good. So hopefully Fred Van Vliet can just stay in this rhythm because he always shoots his shots that's a you know and a lot of people bag on him when he's missing but I'm of the of the mindset that if he's going to be on the court he has to be taking those shots and hopefully games like this will happen and you know, just just by sample size, he's not going to play at this level, I don't think, for the rest of the postseason. I don't think this is going to be a turning of a new leaf for Fan Van Vliet, and he's going to be back to normal Fred. 
But if he can just make his open shots, I think that will just make his game such more, you know, from a liability on the court to a solid backup coin guard. We don't really need him to be the, the star sort of guy he was tonight. Maybe not necessarily a star, but a guy that, that got the momentum going and a key player in this win. But we need him to be not a liability on the floor. I think this is a good turning point for that to happen in his game. And, you know, we're starting with the bench. You saw the title of this video. But uh, Sergi Baca right? He also had a phenomenal game. His first two games in Milwaukee were absolutely abysmal, and to these past two in Toronto, it's been completely flipped the switch, and we said this after game two. There's a lot of people in the comments saying how it's going to be a sweep. Everyone's talking about how we, you know, the Bucks are a more talented roster. Role players play better at home. You know, role players, when they're in the comfort of whether it's the fans, I'm not sure the psycholo- psychology behind it, but when teams are at home, the role players always seem to step up and play a lot better. And it's been the case with our bench, and it's been the case with Sergi Baca, because he's coming out, and he's an X-Factor in the series. Seven points, 13 rebounds, and the crazy thing about Serge is when his shots are going in, he started driving. That, that's, that's something we've been asking of Serge all season, ever since he's been a Toronto Raptor. Start inside, then shoot the mid-rangers, and then if you're feeling good, knock down the threes. He didn't hit a three tonight. I prefer not to see Serge shooting many threes at all, but if he's in a rhythm, I don't mind if he takes it, keep the defense honest. But Serge Ibaka, when the shots are going in, like Fred Van Vliet, when Fred's shots are going in, the assists come. When Fred, Serge Ibaka's shots are going in, the defense comes. And tonight, his it's just positioning on uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He wasn't always the main guy, you know, the on-ball defender on Giannis, but his help side and whoever was driving the Milwaukee Bucks, whether it be, you know, Malcolm Brogdon's been a killer in the series. Whenever, whenever he went inside, he, he was just met by either Gasol or Ibaka. Gasol does it on a consistent basis, but Ibaka was really there tonight. You know, uh, George Hill had a big game last game. He really couldn't get it going. Bledsoe couldn't. The whole Milwaukee Bucks team, aside from Chris Middleton, really didn't have it tonight. And Giannis had a solid stat line, but th- this was a quiet game from Giannis. And we're, we're going to talk about the starters, but, you know, we just want to give credit to the bench. We're six minutes into this podcast. Got to give credit to the to the guys that really rallied this team because outside of Kyle Lowry, maybe Marcus Gasol, and definitely Marcus Gasol, the the starters really didn't, they weren't there, and it's been kind of a flip switch, because these whole playoffs, it's the starters that have carried us to wins, you know, and that's usually the recipe for success in playoff basketball, but the Bucks adjust, and they've been locking in on the starters of the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi does look a bit, you know, slower, he's not the same explosiveness, whether it be due to injury, or load, or we, we're not 100% sure, the man played about a, an hour of game time in uh, game three in the series, so maybe he's he needed some rest, he needed a down game, but the bench really carried, and Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol, they played, the only way to describe it is exquisite. They they were out there on the court. Kyle Lowry started off this game. The Milwaukee Bucks came out 5 nothing. Kyle Lowry was having none of it. He said, you know, the Raptors need to get out to a hot start. And when Kyle Lowry led the charge, they never let it go. And a lot of that has to do with the bench playing well. And Kyle Lowry really was the main guy, the leader of this roster. He had 25 points for Kyle Lowry tonight. Six assists, five rebounds. All of the hustle plays, everything that we see on Kyle Lowry do on a night-by-night basis. If it's a if it's a ball going out of bounds, if Brooke Lopez has something in his hand, and uh, Kyle Lowry literally does a dolphin dive onto his chest to to get the ball off Brooke Lopez and out of bounds again, take a foul. He did it all on the court tonight. He leaves it out there 24/7, and I'm so happy to see his game really come together on the biggest stage of you know he's ever played in. You know, he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals once before. This is the biggest stage. This is the mountain that he's been at. And he's really taking advantage. You know, it's it's great to see him step up on the biggest of stage because he has this reputation as a playoff choker, which we, you know, listeners of the podcast know, th- that's a myth. 
That's a myth. The Toronto Raptors have underperformed in the playoffs, but when Kyle Lowry is healthy in the postseason, yes, he hasn't been healthy, and if you want to re- relate that into playoff choking or something like that, then you have you have an argument, but when Kyle Lowry is healthy in the postseason, he's been our year, best player year in, year out, and he's usually getting quadruple teamed, and this is the first year he isn't because we have Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, so... Shout out to Kyle Lowry, him him playing, and hopefully this narrative of Kyle Lowry as a choker in the playoffs turns around. You know, he has one one bad game each postseason, and then Reddit goes in on him, Twitter goes in on him. So I, I'm happy to see him get some buckets, and the little things he does makes it impossible for one to say Kyle Lowry is a horrible player, because even if he didn't have 25 points tonight, he'd still be probably, you know, one of the better players on the court just because of how he impacts the game. You know, the man, I, I was sitting watching the game with the Bucks fan, and he was baffled by how many rebounds, how... Many times Kyle Lowry gets those loose balls, and it's it's awesome to watch. It's awesome to watch a guy so passionate play with so much fire. Shout out to Kyle Lowry, and you know, I, everyone knows I'm a huge Kyle Lowry stan. He's my favorite player, so shout out to Kyle Lowry. Big game for him in big Spain. Big Spain tonight. Beautiful dishes, beautiful rebounds, beautiful shots, hitting threes, hitting shots in the post, little of those weird one-handed fadeaways, spinning to his left with his right hand. You know, Marcus Saul is doing everything we expected him to do these past couple games. You know, we brought him in, we expected a guy that was a former All-Star, maybe not necessarily going to play at an All-Star level every night, but will certainly bring you defensive ability, and he's been, certainly been showing that on Giannis with this new scheme Nick Nurse has drawn up for Giannis with Kawhi and Seattle. And really dominating the on-ball defense and then consistently double-teaming him on the baseline with our bigs, whether it be Ibaka or Gasol. Gasol's positioning is just so smart. His IQ is just off the charts. Tonight he had 17 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and a couple of those assists. He showed off his IQ on the court as well. The, one of the, one pass, Kawhi Leonard is being denied by Chris Middleton, and you know that that usually means you're in the passing lane, so you're a bit too high up. And he he told Kawhi to go back door, cut back door, and he threw the pass perfectly in between two players for Kawhi to absolutely posterize Giannis. And you know we'll probably talk about that play later, but shout out to Marcus All, man. He's he's really out here. A lot of people when the trade initially happened were frustrated. I was a big fan of the trade immediately. You know, in first round, people were pretty happy with it in the first round, but the second round he had a couple shaky games against Embiid, but everyone was pretty, came came around to the trade in the second round, but after game one and game two, the DMs are flooded, you know, Reddit was flooded saying JV's younger, he would have been able to score more against the Bucks. but I tell you this, we weren't getting past the Sixers without Marcus Gasol this year. And JV, he might be unplayable against the Milwaukee Bucks, just the way they space the floor. You know, I am a huge JV fan. I love Jonas Valanciunas, but he, you know, having Brooke Lopez on the three-point line, imagine JV trying to close out there. It would have been unfortunate to watch, and Marc Gasol is doing a great job of being able to play help defense on Giannis and still getting the three-point shooters and closing out. So after a couple poor games to start off the series, he's completely flipped the switch and I'm completely happy with how Marcus Hall has been playing. And the two guys that, that if people, listeners of the podcast know, the two guys that we pretty well talk about on a night-by-night basis, they're, they're coming to the end of this one. We break through the players. Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, neither of them had a big night. Pascal Siakam only seven points, only took six shots, six assists. The the Bucks he had five fouls, so he wasn't a bit of foul trouble, only played 23 minutes. But the, the Bucks kind of took him out of rhythm. They've been sticking Giannis onto Pascal Siakam, and we expected... Giannis to be on Kawhi, right? Because Kawhi is our main guy, he's our superstar. But the Bucks have elected to put Giannis on Pascal Siakam, which is an interesting strategy because they, they've kind of been loading the whole defensive scheme around Kawhi and then 
playing one-on-one defense with Giannis and Siakam. Obviously, Giannis is one of the best defenders in the league, so big and strong and long. And Siakam has had trouble going up against Giannis. Most of his points in this series have come against, you know, players of the likes of Meritich or, you know, Ilyasova when they're switched on to him. That's barbecue chicken for Siakam. But he has struggled with Giannis on him. But that takes away from the, the rest of the defensive scheme for the Milwaukee Bucks because usually they're built around sending people into Giannis and Giannis is getting a bunch of blocks. But now he's worried about Pascal Siakam on the three-point line you know, in his drives and his cuts and all that sort of stuff. So in a way, even though Siakam's not having the biggest scoring nights in the box score, it's not showing up, he's still having an impact on the game because he's taking Giannis out of the defensive end. And Kawhi Leonard, this man is just playing through it all right now. He's, I mentioned it, alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. He played about an hour of game time in that double OT game. You know, he had that, he was limping, he was hobbling. It looked like he rolled his ankle or something at the beginning of game three. And tonight, you know, you saw he was a bit in anguish, but he never made faces. He never showed it in his personality, despite the fact that it looked at some points he couldn't walk. And uh, the time he posted Giannis, it, he, he was hobbling to get to the free throw line. But Kawhi Leonard's playing through it all. He's going pure aggressiveness. And he knew tonight that the Bucks were going to load completely in on him. So he only took 13 shots. He took 13 shots. He let the Raptors, you know, move the ball without the flow of the offense. And that's the thing about Kawhi Leonard. When the rest of the team is going, we saw it a lot more in the regular season because the role players were really, you know, the role players were a lot better in the regular season. But Kawhi Leonard isn't a guy that's a superstar that needs to take 20 shots. He needs to take 25 shots a night or else he's, you know, going to be mad. He's going to take himself out of the game. But Kawhi Leonard, when even when he's not shooting, he's always producing on the court. And, you know, it helps the other players so much because it doesn't take from these other guys' rhythms. And, you know, he's still leading by example because he had four steals tonight and with the fact that you know some people have been a bit underwhelmed with Kawhi's defense for you know throughout long stretches of the game when he when he needs to lock down he always locked down I don't think anyone's disappointed with that but he sometimes relaxes every possession now or two on defense but tonight whoever he was switched on because he wasn't overworked on the offensive end he could really clamp in on whoever he was guarding and he got these steals you know he got a bunch of deflections I was really happy to see Kawhi's defense play like that defensive player the year he has been in the past I don't know this whole team played amazing the only guy that struggled once again is Danny Green and you know I'm expecting a big game from Danny Green either in game five or game six because he's due he you know we said Fred Van Vliet was due for a solid game you know Danny Green is shooting like 45 percent from three in the regular season and tonight the whole playoffs he really hasn't been there completely 100%. He hasn't had that dead-eye locked-in shots. You know, he hit no threes tonight, only five points. I expect a big game from Danny Green coming up soon, but you know, enough about the players, enough about this game. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they all struggled. The whole team struggled. I'll talk about them a little bit. Giannis, 25. Chris Middleton was their only real star with uh, with 30 points on 11 of 15 shooting. You know, he's he guaranteed a win for the Bucks tonight, but, uh, you know, he stepped it up, but the rest of the team didn't. The rest of the team was clamped down. Brooke Lopez, Bledsoe, Eliasova, George Hill, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, they all struggled against this team tonight. Pat Connaughton, it, it was a great sight to see for the Toronto Raptors. But without further ado, tonight, the Kawhi Doom, like that play of the day, I already mentioned in the podcast, you know, Marcus Gasol nodding to Kawhi. You know, they had the, the telekinesis, you know, they, they're whispering each other's there, they got that chemistry, you know, he told them to go back door, and Kawhi Leonard absolutely postered Giannis. Giannis was underneath the rim trying to get a block, and he's so long, he really get doesn't get the block when he's there in good position, but Kawhi Leonard, as hobbled as he was, he said, no, you're not getting this with his big hands, he just threw it down with his left, I believe, straight over Giannis. It was a great sight to see, it was exciting, it was an add one, you know, just a, certainly a, the definition of a Kawhi doom like that play of the day. 
But not all plays can be the Kawhi Doom like that play of the day. Some just make you say, oh, jeez. And tonight, the oh, jeez play of the day. It's not going to any players. It's not going to any Raptors. It's not going to any play. I might have missed one I, if, there, if something happened. But the one that really caught my eye for the oh, jeez, Drake. Drake on the sideline. We got a couple things. You know, he's looking like a, a bottle of spray tan out there. I don't know what he did. I don't know where he was. I'm assuming he was somewhere tropical the past couple weeks because if not, he's he's got some really bad spray tan. He's looking like a bronze statue out here. You know, he's looking like Fred Van Vliet if he was left in a toaster for a while. I don't know what Drake is at, but he's looking like a bronze man. And tonight, he had the memes as always. He's looking at the camera and stuff. And when the Raptors really iced the game, when they went on that final fourth quarter run, when they were already up by like 15 or 16, you know, Nick Nurse was hyped. He had that classic Nick Nurse mouth open face. Drake's out there giving him a back massage. You gotta, you know, you gotta keep the coach loose, Drake. I appreciate you out here keeping Nick Nurse loose to to make decisions, to throw in the bench guys after that run. So shout out to Drake. I love that he's actually on the sidelines into the game. He's taunting. You know, I you know, some fans really don't like Drake. I love him on the sidelines. It's a, it's a quality culture move for the Toronto Raptors. But finally, the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. And tonight already talked about Danny Green. He needs to step it up. You know, he's the one guy that really is the next player to really turn the leaf because it seems like the Toronto Raptors are really coming together at the perfect time of the season. So Danny Green is the next guy to get that turn the leaf. But we got to get when the Raptors win by 18, not 20, close to 20. We got to give it to uh, to one of the Bucks and Malcolm Brogdon. He's been he that that's a player. He's like a Kawhi light, like a very poor man's Kawhi Leonard because He's he's a player that really misses. He's a player that you know, he's 50, 40, 90. He's super efficient. He's a great defender. He's a bit smaller, less efficient, less good of a shooter. He does everything a lot worse than Kawhi. Maybe not a lot worse, but he does everything worse than Kawhi, but has a similar playing style. That's my kind of take on Malcolm Brogdon. But tonight, he really didn't have it. The Raptors focused in. He had an amazing game in Game 3. He's had an amazing playoff run since he's come back from injury. But the Raptors clamped in on him, and George Hill also was kind of trying to lock down. He had 27 minutes, only took two shots. You know, those guys really killed us in the last game. They're the reason that game was even close. And, you know, it's great to see the Raptors kind of shut down these role players. That's what we, Riker and I, were looking for the Raptors to do in uh, in the beginning of the series. This was kind of the way we expected the series to go. We expected Giannis to get his, but, you know, difficultly because he's being guarded by Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam, two great on-ball defenders. And then the role players, the Raptors should focus in on keeping them from making, you know, hitting tough shots. And Nick Nurse's adjustments, you know, it's not necessarily what we proposed, but Nick Nurse's adjustments are certainly working better than what we proposed, you know, doubling Giannis and then having great rotations. So uh, hopefully they can do the same thing on the road. That's that's the thing. Because role players, as I mentioned, you know, after game two, role players so, play so much better at home than they do on the road. But the Raptors have momentum now. That's the thing. The Raptors have a lot of momentum. Same way, in the same vein the Bucks did in game three. We saw Malcolm Brogdon and George Hill really go off in that game, you know, because they had the momentum going into the game. So now the Raptors, we have Fred Van Vliet's confidence is hopefully back. Norman Powell's probably over the moon. Sergi Baca just had his best game of the postseason. Well, maybe aside from a couple of those Philly games, but, you know, I'm... I'm confident. I'm very confident going into this game. I know the first two games were kind of unfortunate at home, but when when the Raptors role players are cooking, it's usually over. I don't I don't think we've had a game this year where the role players have played good and we've lost. You know, whether Kawhi or Siakam are bad, if the role players are playing good, we're gonna have one of our stars play well. And I, I have I have full expectations the Toronto Raptors role players can come back, ride this momentum, and play well, at least most of them. You know, if one of them, you know, we had three of the bench play really well tonight, maybe we can't expect that. 
But if we can keep getting a confident Norman Powell, Serge Ibaka in attack mode, and a Fred Van Vliet that is not unplayable, I think the Raptors can certainly pull this out. We almost pulled out Game 1. We should have pulled out Game 1. Game 2 was was abysmal, but that's that's how those games go. We're evened up. It's a best-of-three series now, so hopefully the Raptors can play well. Anyways, you're the best for making it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. We love hearing from all you guys, all all your predictions in the comment section. So, you know, leave a comment. Leave a comment. I want to I hear what you guys think because, you know, if the Raptors can win Game 5, if the Raptors can give me, win Game Five, they come home for Game Six at home. Oh, the, to go to the finals, to play Steph Curry and the Warriors in the finals, that that'd be so overwhelming. You know, we gotta take it a game at a time. I'm excited. Let's 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 get it, Toronto. Let's hype it up. Anyways, I'm signing out. Cheers.